You're listening to A Prophet, a collaboration between Sakhlain and Al-Hujja Islamic Seminary. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming our patron by donating at sakhlain.org support. Now, there's one narration here that I'd like to analyze with you because it's a very important one that we need to shed light on. This narration is mentioned in a number of our books, such as the Seerah of Ibn Hisham. It's also mentioned in the book Bihar al-Anwar. The Prophet appoints a group of companions to negotiate a deal with Ghatafan tribe. Remember, what was the incentive for Ghatafan? Why did they come to fight? To get the proceeds of Khaybar, money, the dates and the fruits. The Prophet appointed a team of his Sahaba. He told them, go to Ghatafan and tell them that if you withdraw and you don't fight us, we'll give you one third of the fruits of Medina or the dates of Medina on the condition that you withdraw from the Ahzab. So the Prophet is giving them a financial incentive because their main incentive in in coming to Medina was what? Financial. So the Prophet is trying to weaken them, so they leave. However, the Ahadith indicate this is what happened. After the Prophet appointed that group, he consulted several of his companions, such as Sa'd ibn Ubadah and Sa'd ibn Ma'ad. He told them, this is my idea. I have a proposal. Form a team, go to Ghatafan and tell them, look, leave. Don't side with the Ahzab, withdraw and we'll give you one third of all that we have in Medina. They had a problem with that. Sa'd ibn Ubadah, Sa'd ibn Ma'ad, they had a problem. They told them, Ya Rasulullah, if this is an order from Allah, revelation, Jibra'il's telling you, God is saying that, okay, we can't say no to God. But if it's your own opinion, your own suggestion that we go and negotiate with them, we'll have to say no. And we'll tell you why. When we, the people of Medina, see who's Sa'd ibn Ubadah and Sa'd ibn Ma'ad, who are they? The leaders of the Ansar, the leader of the Khazraj and the leader of the Aws. They told him, Ya Rasulullah, when we were pagans before Islam, we didn't let these low tribes make such a deal with us and to suck our resources and take our fruits. We never let that happen before we became Muslim. Now that we have honor and power and glory and the Prophet is with us, now you want us to negotiate with these enemies? No, forget it. Their Ghatafan is getting nothing from us except the sword. We're not giving them anything. So if it's by God, godly command, okay, we'll we'll accept. But if it's your suggestion, no, we don't like that. The Prophet told them, okay, it's not by divine commandment, it was my suggestion. But I'll tell you the reasoning. My reasoning is that I saw that you became the target of the Arabs and they've surrounded us to fight you. And I don't want them to attack you from all sides. So I thought that we could avoid this problem by creating a rift in the Ahzab, give them the financial incentive, they're going to withdraw, you won't be harmed. 
that's why I made the suggestion to protect you, to protect you people so you don't die, you the people of Medina, but that's fine. So the Prophet had ordered a negotiation to be drafted and a letter to be t taken to them, he told them okay we don't have to proceed so they deleted that letter, basically they erased it. This is what the hadith states, now we'll analyze it, yes. from his own self, right. We have several observations about this hadith. It's mentioned in several of our sources. Assuming the hadith is true, how, how do we make sense of it? Can we justify this whole incident that happened? Let's shed some light on it, let's share some, some thoughts. Number one, one thing we conclude from this hadith is that some of these companions like Sa'd ibn Ubadah didn't really have high faith. They had faith but not high faith. Why? Listen to your prophet. Why do you ask the prophet if this is from God or from you? Respect Rasulullah even if it's his own Suggestion, let's say Allah authorized the Prophet to give his own suggestion where he sees fit, respect that. And subhanAllah, we shall see later inshallah in the future at the battle of Hunayn, Sa'd ibn Ubadah does the same exact thing. When the Muslims achieve victory, they take the spoils of war like the camels. Usually the Prophet divides the spoils of war amongst who? Who gets the spoils of war? The combatants, those who fought, those who didn't fight, they don't get anything. If you fight, you get the spoils of war. The Prophet takes the khums, he decides what happens with it. The four-fifths, he gives it to the army. The Prophet does something unusual at Hunayn. Instead of dividing all those camels and swords and whatever it was, it was a huge battle, Hunayn. The Prophet takes most of the spoils of war and he sends it to the Meccans, Abu Sufyan and others and he gives them loads of camels. This is before the conquest of Mecca, paving the way for them to accept Islam finally. So the Prophet enters Mecca triumphantly and it worked. The Prophet wants to reduce their enmity, so he sent them all those gifts. Sa'd ibn Ubadah, the leader of who? The Ansar in Medina, he stands up. This is at Hunayn, similar scene. He tells him, Ya Rasulullah, if this is from God by divine command, okay, I have to be quiet, I can't say anything. But if it's your decision, we reject that. You give all the spoils of war to who? To those Meccans who fought you, who drove you out of their home? They challenged Rasulullah. Remember, they have faith, but not high faith. Yes, that's in Surah Al-Najm, this was revealed before that, that's the thing, Allah's trying them, but sometimes when you're in a battle and you, you lose all those spoils which you had your eyes on them, you forget, shaitan plays with your mind. The Prophet heard that from him, the Prophet told them, 
Weren't you the people of Medina fighting each other for like centuries and through me Allah united you? Through me Allah increased your rizq and barakah. Through me Allah gave you security. Through me Allah gave you guidance. Through me Allah gave you a a government. Now you come and object to one thing that I did. The hadith states the people from the Ansar, they started to cry. They felt ashamed. Like after all this, we challenge Rasulullah. It was not nice. It was something shameful to do. When the Prophet saw them crying, and the Prophet saw them so ashamed, Allahu Akbar, look at Rasulullah. You know those true mu'mineen, they're so sensitive. Even when they make you feel ashamed for doing something wrong, they feel uneasy. They want to make you feel a little bit better. You know, you know, sometimes you rebuke your loved one or your friend for something they t- did bad. And then when they feel ashamed and they apologize, you don't want them to feel too terrible, right? The Prophet told them, so they, they kept quiet. They didn't know what to say. The Prophet told them, speak, respond to me. They told him, Ya Rasulullah, we don't, we don't have a response. What are we going to say? We, we can't r- respond to what you said. Everything you said is true. The Prophet said, no, you can also respond to me by saying some things. They told him, what, 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 what can we say? The Prophet told them, you can also tell me and your people in Mecca, they exiled you and we are the ones who embraced you. Your own people fought you, but we stood with you. The Prophet's making them feel better. You know, not to dismiss all their hard work. When, when they heard the Prophet, everyone started to cry to see the humbleness of Rasulullah. Here's the point. Imam al-Sadiq comments on what happened at Hunayn. Imam al-Sadiq says, when the Ansar, they objected to the Prophet, even though later they apologized, but the fact that they had the audacity to challenge the Prophet, Allah took that special nur from them. That's why later at Saqifa, they betrayed the Imam of their time. It started from Hunayn. When you challenge Rasulullah once, you'll challenge anything. They failed their test. At Hunayn, the speaker was Sa'd ibn, uh, no, Sa'd ibn Ma'ad was dead. He, had, he, was, been, he was martyred. Sa'd ibn Ubadah, he was, yeah. And subhanAllah, the first one who set up the Saqifah was Sa'd ibn Ubadah. Later, Umar and Abu Bakr, they came and the, 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 the selection of the Caliphate happened. But the first one to gather there to discuss, what should we do? Who are we going to select? Who's going to rule? Was Sa'd. See, because of dunya, camels, spoils of war, they lost that high test. And that's unfortunate. When you challenge Allah 1% in your heart, you weaken your faith. Never do that. The true believers are those who accept wholeheartedly, even if it's against their own personal temporary interests. So this hadith demonstrates to us, before Hunayn, Ahzab, they did that too to the Prophet. So it seems like they had a habit, not just once. They've done it a few times. How do you challenge Rasulullah? You're putting your life at risk, Defending the Prophet, how do you say that to him? First of all, the Prophet, everything he says from Allah. Secondly, even if the Prophet is giving his own suggestion, 
Allah authorized them to do so. At least respect the intellect of the Prophet, respect the wisdom of the Prophet. If the Prophet has a suggestion, accept it. So that's one observation. Now why did the Prophet suggest this and then withdraw from his suggestion? It seems that the Prophet suggested this to show that he's concerned about the Ansar. He's telling them, look, let's make a pact with Ghatafan to avoid further confrontation. Let's solve it peacefully because I care about you guys. I'm not a man of war. Don't think I've come here to shed blood. So even though the Prophet knew they were not going to accept his suggestion, but it was his way of saying, I'm not a man of war. I want, well, I want you guys to live. And that's nice coming from a leader. If we can avoid this through money, let's do it. It makes sense. And the Prophet knew that this plan was for the best. You know, if imagine if they paid Ghatafan that amount of money, they came and they would have been a staunch ally of the Muslims. Imagine how much faster Islam would have spread. Put these observations on one side. Here's my main observation. When we examine the text of this hadith in Bihar al-Anwar and Seerah of Ibn Hisham, it seems the Prophet made this suggestion, the proposal to negotiate with Ghatafan before Amr was killed, not after. Some people may have misunderstood it, that the Prophet after Amr was killed, he said, let's now negotiate with Ghatafan so they leave. No, if you look at Bihar al-Anwar, and how it narrates the event. And also Sirah ibn Hisham, which is a Sunni source. It's very clear the Prophet made this negotiation when the Muslims were concerned, they had, the, the enemies were surrounding them. This is before Imam Ali struck Amr. The Prophet said, let's cause rift between them, let's avoid this. Not after. Why did the Prophet do that? The Prophet knew that the Muslims put Imam Ali on the side. All the others were no match for Amr and these other guys. And it's going to be a big day of embarrassment. The Prophet's telling them, look, I know you guys want to fight, you want to defend me. May Allah bless you for that. But you guys are not up to it. Let's negotiate with Ghatafan. Let's lure them with one-thirds of our fruits in Medina. If they leave, then we have a match. In other words, the Prophet is indirectly telling them, I can't count on you guys. But he's saying it diplomatically, in a smart way, without putting them down. Let's negotiate with them. See, when do you say let's negotiate? When you know your people are not up to it. But if all of them were warriors like Ali ibn Abi Talib, why negotiate? Let's, these enemies give, give them a good lesson. The Prophet is indirectly telling them, you guys are no match. And exactly that's what happened. The Quran describes them. You started shaking. You started having doubts in Allah. Your hearts leaped into your throats. The Prophet didn't want them to be in that embarrassing situation. So he made the offer. They rejected? Okay. You guys rejected my offer? Let's see what's going to happen. And they all failed the Prophet. And Allah sent Imam Ali to save the day. So even though the Prophet knew that they were going to turn down his proposal, the reason why he made it to prove to them that sometimes you guys are not up to it. Ali's up to it. I wanted to avoid this because it put you in a humiliating situation such that a verse in the Holy Quran 
documented your fear and weak faith until the day of judgment. We read this verse in the Holy Quran. Zaghat al-Absar, your eyes couldn't see anymore. Allah is talking to these companions. And your hearts came into your throat. You started doubting Allah. Allah exposed them until the day of judgment that they had that weak faith, unfortunately. The Prophet wanted to avoid that. They insisted, Ya Allah, it's your fault. <laughs> so the Prophet made the suggestion according to the uh, sources that we have before Amr, not after Amr. They disobeyed the Prophet, meaning they didn't take his proposal. They put themselves in uh, trembling fear. And then Allah saved the day through Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib alayhi salam. 